0: Welcome back to another episode of Pick and Bones here on the First Gen Hunter podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to the show week after week, telling your friends about it. Yeah, our listens are growing, and you are a huge part of that, and I appreciate that. It means we're getting some good quality hunting information out to more people, hopefully getting more people interested in hunting and uh, getting more people connected to the natural world around them this week alex is helping me out he's given a hunt update Uh, we obviously know he's spent some time out west you heard about his first two hunts out there he's going to tell you about his uh, third western hunt his pronghorn hunt and uh, you're going to hear a little bit about everything else that's been going on for him This hunting season so far, and uh, I think it'll be kind of fun for you to, you know, maybe hear some of these hunt updates from a few other people. I'm looking at some other people to maybe get in here to tell some stories. I unfortunately do not have um, the episode recorded yet about the crazy occurrence that uh, Caleb and I were in on. We got another guy who was involved with that that we're going to try and get on the show as well for that one. So that one is still coming. Hopefully next week, that'll be the pick and bones episode. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll get it to you eventually. Right. Um, but for, for now, big shout out to Alex, uh, for doing this one, please remember this podcast is presented by Spartan Forge. Uh, Spartan Forge is just such an important staple to have in your back pocket during this whitetail season, uh, from a mapping standpoint, but also the deer behavior Intel standpoint, I even use it as a more reliable weather app. Um, it's it's just a really critical piece. I feel one of the most important pieces of uh, of gear. I guess you could you know generally classify it as that I that I rely on for uh, successful hunts. And so uh, you can find a link for that in the show notes or in the link tree, my Instagram bio. And the same goes for East West Hunts, which of course Alex represents. Alex will plan really any hunt for you he will help you with the tag application process he'll rent you the gear you need to make it happen um he's just the guy to go to and so you need to uh check out alex do a free consultation find out what kind of service is best for your goals your hunting dreams all of that alex will help you narrow that down and make that plan a reality so go to eastwesthunts.com tell them you heard about it on the first Hunter podcast and you'll save 10 percent And when you go on that hunt and you shoot something really awesome, get your taxidermy done the right way. Go to Old Barn Taxidermy in Fort Madison, Iowa. Um, I go there for all of my taxidermy work and I am so glad that I do. I'm so glad I heard about them early in in my hunting years. So that way when I did kill something that needed taxidermy work, I knew where to go. And they have never let me down. They've always impressed me. And I'm always thankful that I've I've gone there. And I'm so proud to be representing them here on the First Gen Hunter Podcast. If you go, which I really hope you do, tell them that the First Gen Hunter Podcast sent you there. That helps me out immensely. All right. Without any further ado, let's jump into this episode, this hunt update with Alex Gruen of East West Hunts. Thank you so much, everyone. Until next time, take care and take someone hunting.
1: Hey there, First Gen Hunters. This is Alex from East to West Hunts, and you have me solo today giving you a hunt update of my season as I've transitioned from a a couple western hunts to slowly getting back to the Midwest. So if you've been following along and and listening along, I already have done a Nevada mule deer hunt, and I did a Colorado deer and elk combo, meaning I had both tags in my pocket, and uh, I was able to hunt the same unit, so... That was a really, really fun time, but those were two really tough backcountry-style hunts. So my next one, as far as my update is concerned, is I go to Wyoming pretty much every other year, maybe every third year, kind of really, depending on my my draw situation. But I was fortunate enough to get a group together, and we headed out to Wyoming. And uh, it only took us, what, two years, essentially, to get the tags And with that, this is a little bit of a cushier hunt. And, you know, when I say cushier, it's because we got a cabin and, uh, you know, we can go out to dinner at night and it's not, you know, in a tent roughing it. However, it's no joke as far as the physical capabilities because we still have to hike miles and we glass for miles and, you know, the patience game is still there. And, uh, you know, it's a factor of if those antelope are gonna be there or not. So, you know, last time I hunted this area, We got pounded with snow there weren't a ton of antelope and you know the food situation was a little bit different so it was it was interesting for me to see what this scope and and what the change was going to be because i was seeing more elk than pronghorn last time which was saying that you know the weather was impacting the elk and they were coming lower you know this go around kind of the same scenario as as the last time that i went i i like to plan a day of scouting if i can Every time before the season starts, I would do that. So I got there a day early with uh, my buddy Edwin, and we went and uh, had dinner, kind of prepped that night. And the next morning, we got to our cabin, and then we ended up hitting the hills. And we glassed for probably six hours, and we probably saw 200 antelope. So at that point, I felt pretty content with the fact that, hey, I know where these animals are going to be. You know, we had some antelope that were probably 150 yards from us and typically they spook. You know, one of the things about antelope, if you don't know about them, they are super, super fast. They're America's fastest land mammal. And, uh, the second thing is they can see really, really, really well. You know, one of the, uh, one of the ways of explaining it is imagine having 8x42 binoculars on your eyes all the time that's how they can see. So they can see from very, very far away. And the fact that we had antelope that close and they weren't really spooking was telling me, so antelope are probably going to be there tomorrow or they're going to be close by. And we had some cow pastures to our left and you know, if I was to frame that up, the cow pastures are basically to our north. And there was a lot of greenery, there was water over there. So I figured they're not going to be far, you know, maybe a couple hundred yards if that group of three was to stick together. But Needless to say, you know, we looked over a couple hundred goats and really didn't see a lot of big antelope. We just saw a lot of antelope. So the reality was either we're going to find a diamond in the rough or or we're going to probably be just, we're going to be uh, happy with an average antelope and that's okay. I'm very content with that. I love antelope meat. So our goal was that we have a great time and everybody gets an antelope down for this hunt. Now, let me frame this up. We had five guys, so it's a pretty big group. We split up where we had two of us scouting the morning of, and then the other three guys came into camp, and then we essentially planned what was going to happen from that evening onward. We actually went out that evening again a little bit later, right before sundown, and that buck that was part of the group of three was really not far from our camp. So that just again told me, hey, that buck's probably going to be hanging around in the morning. We plan on getting up in the morning, all nice and dandy. We drove up into an area where we know we can hike from, and then we had roughly about a mile, a little bit over of a mile hike to where we typically glass. So as we were hiking in, every time that you you go over a ridge, you're glassing to see if there's any antelope in these pockets before you even get to where this glassing point is where we, we typically go. And... I don't know, about almost three-quarters of a mile in, we uh, hopped this fence, and I saw my buddy Jason duck down. He's like, look, there's a goat, there's a goat, there's a goat. And we had uh, drawn straws the night before of who was going to shoot first, and I was fortunate enough, going last, believe it or not, to draw the shortest straw. So, I got first dibs, and I see this goat run across, and he ends up skylining this little ridge. And I drop down, I get my gun off of my pack, and I range him, and my range says 184. And I'm literally looking at him going, there's no way he's at 184 yards. He just looked further because it's just so open. And I hit it again, 184. I hit it a third time, 184. I was like, he's at 184. He's going down. And I just dropped down. I had my uh, bipod out with my uh, with my rifle. I'm shooting straight, flat, prone on my stomach. And uh it was a one shot, easy, quick. He just fell, rolled down, and that was done so. So a quick little celebration. And then we ended up going to see my goat, and then the rest of the guys actually split off. You know, as far as the success, we shot four goats that morning within three hours. so it's an awesome hunt. And then, you know, the day after it was, it was one of the guys, he wanted to wrap up the hunt and he was really, really being picky about what he could find. So we were all helping him for the day and glassing and so on and so forth until we found one really, really, really nice buck out of all of, all of the ghosts that we watched. So anyway, super successful hunt. Loved it. But you know, you can say this all you want. There is nothing like a good old whitetail hunt. And, you know, my goal this year was to do quite a bit of hunts because I wanted to catch up from last year. I had a really, really major injury, had surgery. I really wasn't able to do things. So I basically put two years into one with all the hunts that I put together this year. And season's not done yet, but there's nothing as more euphoric to me as a as a whitetail hunt. So I've been really putting emphasis on that. I've been going out here just doing some quick archery day hunts, you know, as far as mornings, evenings. The majority of it has actually been on the ground i've been just still hunting i've been running into plenty of deer not seen a lot of bucks if i have they've been very very small and uh, i have two tags in my pocket i can get more we basically can have unlimited doe tags if we wanted to for 20 bucks here in michigan if you're a resident but you essentially get what we call a combo tag so you can have two tags in pocket when you purchase them and uh, you know if i need anything else i can always go and purchase more so with that said i haven't had too much success yet i just splurged and got into a saddle which i can say i didn't think i'd like but messing around with it it's pretty awesome i would just highly advise you if you do go that route don't cheap out on a cheap saddle you are going to spend some coin on it but the comfort level is insane and the lightweight ability of it. Like, I have three sticks and my pack and my platform, and it's sub-nine pounds. That's that's pretty small. So if you think about that, you know, lugging away a, uh, a stand and some sticks and all that, which I've done before, and it's totally fine, but that weight is substantially less. So Awesome awesome experience i got in the tree yesterday and uh, then this morning i actually went out as well and new area i knew where i saw deer before and i can't say it was successful i got in there before dark and i ended up spooking deer as soon as i got in there because they were really really close to where i wanted to hunt super early i ended up backing out and uh, you know hindsight 2020 definitely learned a lesson from there so As far as how I'm going to wrap up this season, I'm going to continue to bow hunt. And then I have a client group coming out where we hunt here in Michigan. And uh, that's a It's a big, big fun time. We have about 20,000 private acres that we hunt. We do go outfitted, which really doesn't mean much in Michigan. It basically means that we get to trespass on private property because we have stands and blinds and everything. But I will give them kudos. They know where those deer are coming out. They've been paying attention to it. And we're going basically the last week of the season, and it's a three-day hunt. We can shoot two deer. It's just a hoot of a time, and I get to go out with some clients and really have a good time. So it's really kind of how I'm going to wrap up the year. If it doesn't wrap up that way, I'm going to still continue to hunt probably into into December with my saddle. So one of the things that I did want to put in focus here, though, were some takeaways of the season especially from wyoming and even from the whitetail hunts that i've had here you know i think it's important to to always look back and say what could you do better right what could i have done better so as somebody that reflects a lot on my day-to-day and and i would say every season i reflect wholly on my hunts you know the one takeaway that i i get especially from wyoming and i think i mentioned this earlier it's scouting you know If I look at my Nevada hunt, if I look at my Colorado hunt, if I look at the Wyoming hunt, there was scouting involved with every single one of them. I got there a day early for my uh, Nevada hunt, and that day early gave me time to get into my, get into my hunt area, which I did my own hunt plan for, right? I think that's huge. I use my own service all the time. And I had four hunt areas mapped out, and I knew where I wanted to go first. I went there, put up my tent. I glassed all day long, and I found animals right away. So I already knew where I was going to go the next day. However, I ended up having weather plans that didn't pan out, and I lost three days of hunting, and then I ended up kind of having to restart. So still, that scouting day helped me out drastically. Colorado, I didn't get there beginning of season but I still used the day to not really hunt. I used the day to really kind of get my bearings of where I was going to go the next day and where I thought those animals were going to be relative to my hunt plan because of the weather situation that I had. So, you know, I knew that it was warm. I knew that the animals were going to want food and water. They should have been rutting. But if it's hot, you know, that can change some things. And the animals ended up being pretty quiet. And they were really, 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 really high, which it all made sense. You know, and and if I looked at the hunt plan that I put together, I knew those animals were going to be high. Just didn't actually think they were going to be at the peak peak of the mountain higher than bighorn sheep. Which, to be frank, wasn't going to go do solo. Just didn't make sense. I'm not going to go pack out a uh, a bull five times eight miles in at uh, you know five thousand foot vertical. Just just not going to happen. Uh, I would be physically destroyed, and you know. I'd say I'm crazy, but I, I'm not, I'm not stupid. So with that transition to Wyoming, same deal, right? We had a day of scouting. We got there basically a day and a half early. We got to really get our bearings straight, get in the next day. And to be able to scout and you find so many animals, it just puts you at peace that you know where those animals are going to go to bed or maybe you watch them bed and you know where you're going the next morning. And that, that is a big confidence build for what you're doing. So with that, I can't stress enough that scouting is a really really big deal and if you can do it. Now the question came up I was doing a hunt plan actually with Kent and Caleb yesterday for one of their hunts and the question came up hey would you focus on actually going a day earlier to scout or would you hunt a day extra and my answer to that is I would hunt a day extra and the reason is is If you're scouting, you could still use one of your days that are in season. Let's say it's the very first season of the year or the very first day of the season of the year, and you get in there, there, there's, there's no difference to that if you treat it like scouting or if you have the tag available to shoot. The only benefit to it is you're scouting, and if you saw something, you actually could go after it, which typically you can't do scouting. So if you go in... With a scouting mentality that first day, I think that is very, very important, and I think it's a huge benefit for you. So that's a big one. If you take anything away from today, I think that's a a huge one to think about. But don't skip out on hunting one extra day by having to move your time off or whatever the case is to have a day of scouting where you can't actually hunt. So it's kind of like I want to have my cake and eat it too. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. My my cake is my my day earlier that I get in and I still get to hunt the days that I want. So, second thing is be prepared to shoot your weapon and practice with that freaking thing, okay? I practice all the time with my with my rifle. I do shoot my bow pretty consistently as it goes into archery season to really really feel confident. And you know, looking back, I still wasn't perfect with my archery equipment. I shot consistently, but there were times where either I rushed a shot or I just didn't feel as confident with it, and it came to play because I missed. I, I missed a nice buck in Colorado. Now, granted, it was a far shot and the deer moved, so I, I guess I, I'll put a little blame on that. But needless to say, could I have done better? Absolutely, absolutely. I would have came came back with a nice deer had I not missed inches under its chest at 72 yards. So far shot, but practice, practice, and practice some more. Going into Michigan, you know, one of the other ones that I was thinking about here is in reference to scouting, kind of the same deal. And really, your morning to afternoon hunts, and this really kind of dawned on me, a lot of times when I've hunted in the mornings, it's because I've gone in and I know exactly where I'm going and I typically have a tree stand up or I got a ground blind or whatever the case is. I'm going to a definitive area yesterday or this morning when I went in I was going to an area that I knew and I knew where the deer would potentially be but I didn't have a stand set up I was going to have my saddle up and that totally bit me in the butt because I was trudging around trying to get to the to a tree that I wanted to get to in some vicinity and that really screwed things up for me so in hindsight You know, in reference to scouting, I would rather go in in the afternoon while everything's bedded, find the tree that I want to go into. And then I'd rather stay out from noon till whenever till sundown, dark and hunt that afternoon. And I'd probably bet that I'd be way more successful in the evening than I would have been in the morning when I blew everything out of there. And obviously those animals are used to commotion. It's public land. They see people all the time. There's they're, It's very close to our road. I'm less concerned with that. And those animals couldn't win me and they didn't see me. They just heard me. But still, crashing around and making noise and stuff like that, it sucks. It's not advisable. But it was kind of my only opportunity to get out, so I did it. However, going back, I totally would go mid-afternoon, put up my sticks, put my tether up, get situated, I'd hunt all day, and then if I could, I'd actually get down, leave all my stuff there, not necessarily worried about somebody coming in the middle of the night to take my stuff out of a random tree, and then go right back there in the morning because I would have it marked and I would know exactly where I'm going, and that noise factor will, will make a huge difference. And I think that goes back to scouting as well because it's just like scouting a tree or knowing exactly where you're at even though you're way more mobile, you know. So big advice to, to everybody here, especially if you're first-gen hunter, use those points, two simple ones, but scout if you can. Hunt your mid-afternoon to evening if you're getting into a new area versus morning and screwing things up. And your third, shoot your weapon and practice it all the time. With that said, hope you enjoyed my little hunt update here. Uh, right now, it's busy season for me, so I'm going to do a little shameless plug here, but it's been very, very busy, and it's been very, very successful this year. I can't thank everybody enough for the support. It's been a fantastic year. It's actually been my best year as far as business goes. Uh, so, helped a lot of clients this year with tag applications, and hunt planning has been full scale, and gear rentals have been pretty busy. The hunt planning aspect, I can't stress enough how great that is. Okay, so if you are planning on going out west, or you want to venture out somewhere and you need some help, please reach out to me. It takes me a lot of time and I put a lot of work and a lot of effort in and I talk to clients all year long. But this isn't a thing where it's just like, hey, a week in advance, I need something. It just doesn't work that way. So if you're thinking about something in the next year or two years or three years, you should really, really start now because we've got to build points. We've got to put some opportunities in your basket, and I call this your portfolio of applications, right? It's managing a portfolio of applications for a client. Typically recommend somewhere in between three to five states that we play around with. And we can always have a backfall or an insurance policy on returned tags, over the counter options, so on and so forth. But if you don't get started with getting points, and then if you do get a tag, you don't know where to go or how to hunt that area, you know, it's going to be wasteful as far as your time goes. So even if, and I will say this, even if you weren't successful on the hunt, but you knew where you were going and you, you had a plan in place and you learned from it, that education is huge. Granted this year, I could say we're, I don't know, we're dang near 70% success rate on hunt plans right now. So that's pretty darn good for, uh, for Western hunts, especially when you're going DIY and, uh, you know, it's, it might be your first time out there or maybe you have experience, you know, it's, it's kind of worked out for, for everybody. So with that said, hope you enjoyed the update. If you guys want to reach out to me, please shoot me a note. I'm on Instagram at East to West Hunts. Check out the website and set up a free consult on there. There's also a video on there that I'll explain the service a little bit more for you and you can only access it from the website. Website is east to west And uh, without further ado, remember to scout, hunt, and repeat. Have a great one. Thanks.